Welcome to Truthzilla. I'm Megan sitting here with Scott and Ed. Hello. Hi, Hi guys. You have some social media you want to plug in there? Oh, a little social media. Yeah, I guess we can do that. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do, well, first of all, what I want to say, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube and not just listening on the podcast. Well, then let me start by saying, yeah. good evening, Dean Reiner. Good evening, Dean Reiner. Yes. Good let's evening, talk, Dean. Let's talk about Dean. I, got my, I love <laughs> Dean Reiner shirt on. We had an awesome weekend. We, we went sure up to did. Portland and went and saw J.P. Sears yes. at the Helium Comedy yes. Club. Hilarious. And, uh, hung out with Dean. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just inside joke, right? You know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into making these shows, right? Let me talk to... about how much preparation goes into these shows. <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 sure. So, you know, you have to talk to the guest a lot. You have to correspond. And then once you have the episode filmed, you have to sit there and edit a lot. And so just an inside joke was I spent an unusual amount of time editing and pre and post production for I want to say you're you're Reiner so episode. good at it for you are, are really uh, good. for all of the crap that yeah. you get yeah. for it yeah you're for really good D- at it. yeah so so you know and so you know it was a big joke you know and so she made an order me I love Dean Reiner which is hilarious so yeah well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and now well. we all want one let's be honest yep you probably do too Definitely. So anyway, so, you know, just uh, follow us on social media. Uh, we're at Facebook and Instagram at Truezilla, uh, Truezilla Pod on Twitter. We have a lot of fun. We've been doing a lot of original memes. You know, one of them kind of went viral here a little bit. So, you know, we're posting articles with funny stuff. You know, we just have fun with it. So come join us and hang out. So and real quick, just before we leave here, the... Uh the, um, Deborah gets red pilled oh, by who's yeah. it? Yes. Is it Adam? Adam, yeah, Adam, Adam, man, man, I've listened to both episodes. Love it, hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. impressed. Like, yeah. I'm, well done. I am looking forward to each week. And uh, shout out to Deborah. You might have to come on someday. <laughs> someday you'll be schooling us. I'm sure of it. Yep. Someday For you'll sure. be telling us about what's going on, on the dark side of the moon. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's, it's great. So new podcast, Deborah gets red pilled. Check it out. Check Pretty it out. badass. So absolutely. So wow. So, holy smokes. so there, yeah, holy smokes. Literally. So our state's on fire. Yeah. Mm. So California's on yes. fire. Can Washington, we talk? Can Washington's we, can on we fire. talk about arson? We can talk about arson. Yeah. I mean, We're truthers here, right? So, I, I mean, this is like a huge amount of coincidental fires all starting within moments of each other, like in all different areas throughout the state, right? Like unprecedented. We've got our governor flat out coming out and. And saying that she expects an enormous loss of life. Mm-hmm. Um, just her speech today, just callous too. Just, she's just she's, so a, she's such a mean spirited. So I, Katie? I think. Yeah. Oh, can you believe it? <laughs> can you believe it? She's such a sweetheart. Um, I think I, I really have a hard time believing that she's not in some way behind. I think that these governors throughout these, this, I'm deep into West the Coast. conspiracy. A total yeah, West, West Coast governors. West Coast governors. They're deeply entrenched. I think that uh, start with California. They mismanage all of their funds. They have um, all of these sanctuary cities. They've had problems with uh, getting funding from the federal government because of all of this uh, ridiculous nonsense. nonsense that they engage in. <laughs> and, and it's what, not. And it's not. I'm just sorry to interrupt. No, 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 it's, no, it's not to say that like California has any sort of lack of money. No. You know, they are the fifth largest economy on the face of the planet. California Mis- well, maybe, mismanaged maybe finances. Before all this, but but out of all the countries in the world, California has the fifth largest economy, like behind like. China and Russia, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it's, it's not due to deal. a lack of money. Right. But but now what they can do, now what they can do is they can declare emergency now that, it, let's just say, now, because I've seen some footage and I don't know if it's real or not, I, mm. I you know what I'm talking yeah. about, where there's like footage, like I don't know if it's drone footage, where there's a laser beam Star shot like over footage. the California forest, basically, and you can just see like the beam go down and there's an ignition, there's ignition, yeah. there's ignition, there's ignition, and lo and behold, here we have fires in all of these areas all joining together. So... 
Yeah. Um, they can get a lot of money from so the federal government for stuff. having this. For to have their state burned down, this is a lot of this is a paycheck to um, California, to Washington, and to Oregon. And and those of us in Oregon, I'll speak. We know the character and nature of the governor here. What she stands for, what she doesn't, and what she supports. And it certainly isn't. Uh, it certainly isn't the human beings of this state. <laughs> and I and she is, I'm sure, happily um, sitting. And she's gloating. You yeah. could see it in her face when she, yeah. she's gloating that this is happening. And she hasn't called in the National Guard for her. There's, there's a total, so many ways that she can handle. She's not uh, verbally um, in any way showing public support for our firefighters. Mm -hmm. She's not, I mean, essentially all she's doing is speaking of uh, death and destruction and uh, kind of like just... Ca casual, yep. casual, like Very not a big casual. thing. That was the impression I got from her speech I listened to today or watched. It was just like, she's just like, she's just cold. Totally. Like she doesn't know, like she, she, she's just in on it. She knows what's going on. She, oh, she, she totally it's, does. It's, it's just like, she's just trying to read a script and. Interestingly, the riots have calmed down. <sighs> oh, I wonder where those, I wonder where those fun players went. Hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're not starting fires for her. No. So that's, that's. <laughs> That's a deep conspiracy. That yeah. said, Oregon is on fire. Um, we here in the Valley, we have been blanketed with smoke since. I mean, it's it's thick, Monday guys. Night. It's since it's Monday horrific, night, and there's maybe we can put like in the sh in. So we should, we add, we should there's almost like pictures do of like a Facebook shots. Live or something just yep. to show you what it's like here because it it is, feels like the apocalypse. It's like, pretty let's dark. Just admit it. It's, it's apocalyptic. Well, you like, were, if if some zombies ran after me, I'd be like, you, <laughs> you just kind of fit in. Yep. Absolutely. You're like, oh, we expected that. Yeah. Well, yeah, what totally. you were saying too about the air just being so like oh, the wind's blowing, creepy. right? That's why we have it's like this creepy. But it's eerie and everything's still under and it's just everything is covered in ash here, guys. Yeah. Everything is completely. Yeah. Okay, we're in the Springfield Eugene area in Oregon and it's just completely blanketed. The skies are dark in the morning. They're just this hideous. Mm -hmm. It's like you're looking through a lens where you have this red or orange crazy bright red hue, sun. And then, yeah, we get this bright red or neon pink sun behind the, the smoke. It's just mm -hmm. unreal. Mm -hmm. um, speaking on that. Um, today there, there, so there's some ways that you can help too, if, uh, and look into, uh, in your area, but, um, here, uh, down in Springfield at Silky field, which is, I believe Springfield high school's field. So, yeah. Um, they are in need of supplies. And I was down there today for a few hours and helped to volunteer. There's an incredible amount of compute of community support down there. Mm -hmm. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars were really, I mean, they're backed up onto the street. They're lined up with supplies That's to bring great. it in. Um, we're getting a, a lot of repeat supplies out there. You know, like, you know, we're talking hundreds, if not thousands of, you know, mini bars of, you know, toothpaste and deodorant and body washes. But um, there's there's such a huge um, outpouring of love and supplies. That's there great. are people in the community out there preparing food for, for everyone, barbecuing, um, voodoo donuts. Our local donut place has been down there. Um, but but it's just this huge thing. But I know they're not... We, we don't like them, by the way. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not saying we don't like them. I have to. I don't. I don't like the bacon on there. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. Right. We'll take it there. That's what I like the like. Homer. Yeah. That's it. But um, you can sponsor but, us if you want voodoo donuts. We promise we won't talk about Pizzagate. I swear. <laughs> thank you for saying it. All right. Thank you. Nice little plug there. Um, so, but uh, anyways, on Facebook, local family, Springfield, Eugene, Lane County, you guys can go to uh, Lane County 2020 Fire Relief on Facebook. They have, um, there's a, a man down there that's trying to coordinate. His name is Asher. He's trying to keep that list updated throughout the day as much as he can. They have a board down there at the volunteer station um, and uh just basically any supplies that they're that they're needing. I know one of the things that we really needed today, we had 
hundreds of packages of diapers after like one size one through four, but we really had no size fives or sixes. We didn't have um, like adult diapers, which was quite the need today. Um, there's just some things that, that they could still food. use down there, you know, and, and they're so definitely check that list. Yeah. And, and I want to further say too, they, they really could use, um, hands-on support down there. There are thousands and thousands of items that need wow. to be sorted through and, and, and taken care of. And there's an awful lot of displaced families down there who are hurting, trying to stay positive. They're, they're bringing their children through and they really could use, um, as, as much help as you're able to give down there. So I definitely encourage you if you have some time, I did that today. I'll probably try again tomorrow, but it's, it's a wonderful thing to do to, to help be plugged in, in your community, um, and to, to actually do something concrete to help the chaos that's, that's coming out of these fires. Yeah, so at least it's bringing us back together. You know what I mean? It like really the COVID is. Work yeah. Just separate us all, but it now it's there was no, I'm sorry. There was no separation down yeah. there today. Yeah. There was no division. It was everybody for everybody else. Yeah. And, and we, talked about this before i think in general that is the nature of american people Humanity, we, it is it yeah. really is helping humans i love it absolutely yeah. so anyways yeah. so okay for for tonight let's talk about people that aren't helping other let's humans. talk about <laughs> other people <laughs> so um we have touched on a little bit i have touched on and i and i talk about quite a quite a bit in my personal life um kind of these ideals that uh, socially are stood for at this time or, or the mask of ideals, shall I say. Um, and one of the things we've talked about a lot is um, oppression. We've talked about racism. We've talked about um, rights and, and all of these kinds of things. And, and I think that we would really be doing a grave injustice. We all believe we would be doing a grave injustice if at this point we didn't address um, the many, many millions and millions of uh, murdered babies and uh, the deep uh, agenda behind Planned Parenthood, how it leads back to Margaret Sanger and eugenics, how this is going to lead back to uh, just blatant racism, blatant racism, guys, we're going to open this all up for each night. And and I'm going to say I grew up in in a family that um, pro, pro choice was the was what was taught. Uh, we were very much taught that um, it was a woman's choice that um, babies weren't babies, they were, you know, not viable. They were clumps of cells. Um, I, I really grew up with an idea in my head as to what um, human life was when life, when life started. And, uh, and as I became an adult, and, I, and there's a, a quote too, and, I, and it might be a Bible quote, I'm not sure, but it talks about when you become an adult that you put childish things away. This is an awakening because um, this is deeper than the, the surface, this is the mask, this woman's light, right, right to choose is the mask agenda. It's like the racism card that's supposed to cover it all. When really, I think that uh, it's going to be pretty eye-opening what we're going to touch on tonight. So I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, can't wait to hear totally. how you're going to... Well, you know, this is just one of those things, like, I, you know, as a conspiracy theorist, your blood starts pumping and you get all excited when you start unpacking something and you start to see these different elements that you're familiar with in other areas. You're like, Oh my God, this has something to do with this. And this has something to do with that. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, you got, you go down ones like MK ultra, for example, right. You got MK ultra that ties into like operation paperclip mm -hmm. and mind control and the Nazis and all this crazy stuff. And you're like, all tied yes, in. yes. I get my conspiracy fix when I go down those rabbit holes and then, all tied together in a yeah. nice little bow on yeah. it. Nice we were so bow. excited researching this. Like yeah. the, the more we uncover, it was like, but once, once you start unpacking this whole eugenics, thing dude oh my god and and really it's it's interesting because um and you know this whole the whole i go back to the black lives matter thing you know predominantly 
um, the the families that are that are targeted to that abortion is sold to yep. are are black females yep. um, by far and away. And we we're going to touch on all of that. We're going to give you the original sources. We're going to tell you where this all comes from. We're going to give mm -hmm. you the numbers. But but this is very very real. You know, Black Lives Matter hasn't repaired one community. They haven't put one kid through school. They haven't helped one family out of poverty. In fact, all donations to Black Lives Matter go to Joe Biden. Check yeah, into the, it. You can find that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Go to their website and under the donate tab, it says Act Blue. And if you go to Act Blue, their money goes to finance Joe Biden's campaign. So ironically, all the money that you give to Black Lives Matter goes to a rich white man. So. <laughs> who, who, who is a racist? Who, who, is, is, a, who is a racist? racist? Has been in office for 40 years being a racist. Totally fine. So and I can't wait to talk about how Kamala Harris is tied into all of this darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We are talking about evil into the deepest trenches of our humanity and our society, and they are in the highest rungs of government. There yep. is a small handful of them. We're about to tie them all in for you. Yep. It's a good one. Let's get going, folks. All right. So we're going to make this fun as much as fun as we possibly can, but here we go. So um, uh, Megan mentioned Margaret Sanger. So she's kind of the progenitor of this whole birth control movement, right? So there's been other folks, other contemporaries of hers that have played a huge role in perpetuating the concept of eugenics, right? So the eugenics came before her, but she's kind of one that put it into practice. So Margaret Sanger, she was born on September 4th. So happy birthday, Margaret Sanger, 1879. We're glad in, you're dead. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. In, in, Sorry. in Corning, New York. You deserved everything you got. In, in Corning, New York. Uh, so she opened up her first birth control clinic in Brooklyn, New York on October 16th, 1916. And then later went on to found uh, the American Birth Control League um, in the early 20s, which later became Planned Parenthood. So, what is your birth control league became Planned Parenthood? What year was that again? So, 1921. 21. All right. All right. Eugenics, according to the Webster's Dictionary, is the practice of advocacy of controlled selective breeding of human population, as by sterilization, to improve the population's genetic composition. Right. Ooh. So, what we're doing is we're selectively breeding and sterilizing to improve the overall makeup of the genetic composition of a population. So, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, we as humans, we're kind of programmed to select a mate that we feel would be best to pass our genes on to, right? That's just in our DNA, like on a very primal level. We are programmed to seek out a mate who has the characteristics that we think would uh, be a good mother, be a good, you know, help me survive in the wild. Like it's just all, you know, all the way back to our origins, right? So that's in us to kind of selectively breed in a way, right? But eugenics takes it several steps further to the point where it's like, okay, we are making the determination of who's qualified to breed and who and who's qualified to be alive and and yes and, and who's extent, worth who's, who's worth living qualified to be alive yes. absolutely so you get a little crazy with it so um the term eugenics itself actually came from a man named sir francis galton uh, who was cousins of charles darwin ironically you know evolutionary guy right mm -hmm. um this was in the late 19th century um he wrote a book called inquiries into human faculty and its development in which the term eugenics appeared for the first time so um American Eugenics Society uh, was around from 1926 until 1972, which Margaret Sanger was a member of as well. Now, uh, it was pointed out that on their one of their ledgers, there's a listing for a man named William H. Gates, a professor William H. Gates. I wonder who he's related to. Gates yeah. sounds familiar. That yeah. name's familiar. Sounds familiar. Now, from what I could look into, there hasn't been any corroboration that is directly tied to 
Bill Gates. Um, I thought Bill, he was the grandfather. Well, so that's the thing. Which I, isn't I, to I, say I, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's speculative. It's I think. speculative. Speculative. But, you it's, know, how many William H. Gates are there in this whole eugenics population control thing, really? I mean, Well, I'm sure this is the only relation of Bill Gates to this movement anyway. So. Oh, right. Oh. So, anyway. So, yeah. So, I, <laughs> so we don't need to look too far into it. So, uh, the American eugenics model is based on uh, what they called the Malthusian model, who uh, was a man named Robert or Thomas Robert Malthus, was a 19th century... Professor of political economics, um, he wrote a. He, his whole thing was like the population crisis, right? He felt that the human race was uh, approaching this like critical mass where the the uh, resources on Earth weren't going to be able to provide for the amount of people that were going to be there, right? And we still hear that today, right? Like we're we're running out of resources, we're running out of room. When you look around in the world, man, like there really is a lot of room still, you know. Lots. You know, there's no reason why we couldn't. Anyway, so that that's being more said, propaganda. That's, that's more government said. propaganda. That's worldwide yeah, government absolutely, propaganda. Absolutely. So uh, he wrote an uh, essay on the principle of population. Um, and one of the quotes in that says, All children born beyond what would be required to keep up the population to a desired level must necessarily perish unless room is made for them by the deaths of grown persons. We should facilitate instead of foolishly and vainly endeavoring to impede the operations of nature and producing this mortality. So basically what he's we saying. We should that facilitate this mortality. We need to facilitate this mortality instead of just like. Don't we just call that killing? That no. is. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, in a minute, in a minute, we're going to call it birth control through Planned Parenthood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh, exactly. And uh, so in, in, in this philosophy, in this ideology, um, he was saying that if Western civilization were to survive, survive, we would need to get rid of the materially poor, the physically unfit, the spiritually diseased, the racially inferior, and the mentally incompetent. You heard and, that right. Yeah. You heard that right. See, the thing is, and you, you hear these kind of terms and stuff, and it's like, who gets to decide yeah. fits into these categories? Right. Like, right. That, that's what this comes down to. And, and believe me, like, you might be feeling like, well... I'm none of these things. Well, but the people who get to decide this, they, you don't have the right last name, right? You don't have the right last name. So you're not in the club. So you're fitting in that club. Like that's that's it. Do you make less than $500,000 a year? Really poor category. Yeah, yeah I mean, it. we're at five hundred thousand. Like, it's much higher than that. Yeah, I'm saying it's probably yeah. Do you, yeah, do yeah. You make yeah. less than a hundred million dollars a year. Then, yeah. sorry, you don't you don't make the cut. Um, and so initially, you know, the Malthusian model basically talks about how these people need to be suppressed, isolated, or eliminated. Um, however, that might be a bridge too far to actually straight execute people, right? And so <laughs> they liked what they call the scientific approach, which is through education, contraception, sterilization, and abortion. So that's how they're going to... Through their education. Yeah, through their education, right? right? Through um, their singular storyline. Yeah, and, and it all really ties back to like literal, what, what it says here, racial supremacy. It you is. Know? Yep. Purity, particularly of the Aryan race. This was the Malthusian model. Okay. And this is absolutely what Margaret Sanger was all about. Yeah, absolutely. And Improved. let's not forget that Margaret Sanger is Planned Parenthood. Yeah, Margaret, yeah, Margaret Sanger equals Planned Parenthood. So uh, improve the well, race. I thought they were distancing themselves from her. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, oh, okay. oh yeah. <laughs> so cute yeah. how they tried yeah. that little fast one. So improve the race by encouraging the fit to reproduce and the unfit to restrict their reproduction. Um so they caught, they sought to contain the inferior races through segregation, sterilization, birth control, and abortion. So you guys also, you know, there's a bunch of research went into this. We're going to put all the links down here. If it sounds like I'm reading off a script, I'm, I'm, there's going to be links to all this in the show notes below. So just check this stuff out for yourself. Now, 
Um, if you think it's crazy, if you think this sounds crazy, or you think we're making this up, maybe, or maybe oh, we're taking know. it out of context. Are we taking it out of context? Am I am I mistaken here? Um, yeah, I don't know. So here is a clip from a man named George Robert Bernard, or excuse me, George Bernard Shaw, who was a famous playwright, early 20th century. In fact, he won a Nobel Prize in 1925 in literature. And uh, this is right out of the horse's mouth here. Here's what he had to say. I never know exactly how to make my opinion clear because I object to all punishment whatsoever. I don't want to punish anybody. But there are an extraordinary number of people whom I want to kill. Not in any unkind or personal spirit, but it must be evident to all of you, you must all know half a dozen people at least, who are no use in this world, who are more trouble than they are worth. And uh, I think it would be a good thing to uh, make everybody come before a properly appointed board, just as he might come before the income tax commissioners, and say every five years or every seven years, just put him there and say, sir or madam, now will you be kind enough to justify your existence? If you can't justify your existence, if you're not pulling your weight in the social boat, if you're not producing as much as you consume, or perhaps a little more, then uh, clearly uh, we cannot use the big organization of our society uh, for the purpose of keeping you alive, because your life does not benefit us, and it can't be a very much use to so there you go. I mean, that's, 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 that's the ideology right so there. So there you right? go, right. And so this is the basis. Who is making that determination, right? And, and it's, not, it's not, it wouldn't be us. It wouldn't be us making those determinations, right? It's these bloodlines, these elite bloodlines, these yeah. self-important people that look down across the unwashed masses and these useless eaters. You know, these are the terms that they use to describe us, you know? It's insane. So on we go here. So there was a publication called the Birth Control Review, which Margaret Sanger was in charge of, you know, chief editor, all that. It was like her publication, basically. And that existed from 1917 until 1940. As we go here, we're going to get into some doozies of Margaret Sanger quotes, right? But uh, one of them stood out to me. It says, uh, from Birth Control Review, May 1919, it says, more children from the fit, less from the unfit. That is the chief issue of birth control. Um, you know, eh. Okay, another one from uh, an essay she wrote called The Pivot of Civilization from 1922. You want to read that one? I don't even know where you are. Okay. Sorry. Funds that should be used to raise the standard of our civilization are diverted to the maintenance of those who should never have been born. So, you know, know, we're spending all this money on people that should have never been born. We could be using that money on the betterment of our uh, civilization, right? Okay. Yeah, so now we get a little dark, folks. Okay, so... Mm -hmm. Margaret Sanger was explicitly racist, okay? Now, there's a lot of controversy about that. Um, if you go to Snopes, there's a funny little thing that they do where there's a photo yeah. of Margaret Sanger that they say, Margaret, this is Margaret Sanger speaking at a Ku Klux Klan rally. Well, Snopes goes and says, that is false because this is not a photo of her speaking at a Ku Klux Klan rally. It was like a photo of her somewhere else, apparently, right? But she, did, but she still, still spoke at a Ku Klux Klan rally. <laughs> right. In she fact, did. Uh, a 2016 fact sheet released by Planned Parenthood acknowledged and said that she did, in fact, speak at a Women of the Ku Klux Klan meeting in 1926. So this is Planned Parenthood admitting it. So Snopes, you can take that one and shut. Well, we all know that Snopes is not based in any kind of, uh, you, you can't trust, Snopes is not the way to go. Yeah. 
Well, I thought they were a good couple that had like our best intentions. Is that what you thought? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was like a whole bunch of questions. Well, one day we're going to have to do the episode where we just tear yeah. apart all these all organizations, all the all the factors, all the factors yeah, they're, and just show them where they're, they're from. They're like an interesting yep. one. Absolutely. They have, like, their one of my favorite. Story. One of my favorite memes of the week is, uh, you know, the fact checkers didn't exist until the uncomfortable truth started coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally. Oh, baby. So. Okay, guys, I'm even allowed to say this. Okay, so anyway, so uh, Margaret Sanger uh, and her cohorts started something Sicko. called uh, the Negro Project. Now, I don't know if you can get away with something like that these days. A bunch of white people getting around. Well, you can, but you can mask it with a different word. Oh, that's right. You okay. can call it. You can call it BLM. Okay, maybe, maybe. Just, maybe. just saying. I'm just maybe. saying. You can, you can put a put a word and and blanket it with anything. Really. Yeah. So uh, this is just to demonstrate kind of where Margaret Sanger's head was. Um, and I know we have some fans down under, down in Australia, and this is not meant to offend anybody, but this is her well, thinking. Well, we're bringing here. we're bringing you the facts here. We're this bringing is, you the truth of of the situation, and and it's up to you guys to make your determination at the end of how yeah. you feel about it all. Yeah, so yeah. so um so I'll say this is from a, a article called "What Every Girl Should Know," written in December 1912 by Margaret Sanger. The lower down in the scale of human development we go, the less sexual control we find. It is said that the Aboriginal Australian, the lowest known species of the human family, just a step higher than the chimpanzee in brain development, has so little sexual control that police authority alone prevents him from obtaining sexual satisfaction on the streets. And so what that what that's basically what she's trying to get at is that, you know, the Aboriginals with the you know, malformed brains are unable to control their sexual impulse. And she was talking about like um, sexual assault crimes and stuff like that. And so her justification was that they're just lower humans, basically. So this, so is, this is a good woman through and through. Clearly. Yeah, clearly. clearly. So that's where her head is. She, she puts people, she ranks people based on who they are as like, you know, on, on, on terms of races. Then she feels that one race is superior to another. I feel like it's important to point out to, to everyone who's been unclear about racism lately. Yeah. This is racism. This. <laughs> This one. This one. This one's racism. The other ones? No. This one. Yeah. So I, I, I just want to make sure that we're clear because there has definitely been like some social confusion about yeah. what racism is. Mm. This is it. So. This is it. So when you kill a race, that would be yeah. racism? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, okay. Or, or, or if you are you, yeah, you simply... Uh, uh, Broad brush say that... Blows of my mind that even, that even in the... All the way up to 1940, she was doing that publication. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I guess... I, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that kind of took off around that time when yep. we, over in another country. Yep. Mm, and so mm -hmm. we're going to get into that too. So here's the thing too, guys. So like, you know, this is basically the elites versus the, the poor and, and the lower class. Okay. And it's really well characterized in the fact that there were, you know, scholars, intellectuals, you know, you know African-American scholars, intellectuals around at the time who were fully in support of this because they felt that, you know, it was important to eliminate the poor who just breed carelessly here. And one of the people um, that we're talking about here is a man named W.E.B. Du Bois. I know he's a celebrated figure in the African-American community and stuff, but, you know, this, he wrote a paper called, um, and this was published Boulay. in the birth, yeah, this is, yeah, and so he's a member of the Boulay Secret Society, Sigma yes. Pi Phi, shout out to Larry, Bishop, Bishop Larry, Larry Gators, Gators. Yeah. yeah, um, check out <laughs> Tinfoil Hat Podcast with, uh, Bishop Larry Gators to get more about the Boulay Society, yeah, for sure, he's but he's awesome. a member of the Boulay, okay, and, not Bishop Larry Gators, uh, not Bishop Larry Gators, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Bishop Larry Gators is legit, but, yeah. uh, W.B. Du Bois was, and, uh, he, he was published in Margaret Sanger's Birth Control Review, wrote a book, or an article called Black Folk and Birth Control. Now, Margaret Sanger used this quote 
or used this to kind of perpetuate her ideology, but it was it was originally written by W. E. B. Du Bois, and so I yeah, got it. Yeah, I got it's this got one. This one. The mass of Negroes, particularly in the South, still breed carelessly and disastrously, with the result that the increase among Negroes, even more than among whites, is from that portion of the population least intelligent and fit and least able to rear their children properly. Yeah. So. And yeah. Racism. Yeah. Racism. I mean, that's racism. That's there. racism. Now, here's a funny thing, too. Now, when we were doing research for this and we were sharing these links back and forth, Oh, like, yeah. I copied this link, this URL to that WB article, and I'll, I'll put a little thumbnail up here uh, in post production. But it would not let me send it. It said that this link is you were not you were not able to share this link. So Facebook Messenger was not allowing us to mm-hmm. share this link that 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 contained this article. Yep. Now uh, I, we've been talking for a long time. We need to come up with like a better like end-to-end encrypted sure. freaking group chat than freaking Facebook yeah. Messenger to start all this shit. But like, anyway, yep. whatever. Whatever. So, uh, moving on. So, Sanger, she partnered with uh, a man named Dr. Clarence Gamble, and he was of Procter & Gamble. Yes, mm-hmm. that Gamble. Uh, Dr. Clarence Gamble, eugenicist, right? They were trying to come up and formulate a strategy on how to propagandize the black community, like particularly in the South, how to accept this uh, eugenic strategy of, of, you know, abortion and birth control so that they can reduce their population and this and that. Now, in a letter, Margaret Sanger wrote to uh, Dr. Gamble, which was dated on December 10th, 1939. She wrote, quote, the minister's work is also important, and he should also be trained, perhaps by the Federation, as to our ideals and the goal that we hope to reach. We don't want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population, <laughs> and the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. Oh, my God. 1939. Oh, my God. 1939. 1939, guys. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Oh, wow. So that was their strategy, right? And they felt that um, the best way to propagandize the black community would be to get the religious leaders on board, okay, to to get them to speak that this is a good strategy, you know, and... Uh, so also she wrote a paper called Birth Control and the Negro, <clears throat> and uh, it basically has this quote here. The project would hire three or four colored ministers, preferably with social service backgrounds and with engaging personalities to travel throughout the South and propagandize for birth control. Since the most successful educational approach to the Negro is through religious appeal, the ministers would enlist the aid of black physicians who are expected to offer their services gratis and attempt to organize a Negro birth control committee in each community. So there you go. They have a very deliberate strategy. So if you want to look into some of these folks. Um, which, 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 they, which they carried out. Yeah. Their strategy was carried yep, out it was and, and, and implemented completely successfully. It was successful. Yep, yep. Still I'm about to tell you how successful it, it was. Yeah, this is how successful it was. And so if you want to look up some of these folks, I'm not f- familiar with these exact individuals, but Bishop David Sims, Reverend Adam Clayton Powell, um, basically were the ones, some of the folks that helped spread this. Now, keep in mind, too, all of this, the eugenics movement, uh, the federation that they speak of, uh, Planned Parenthood has all been heavily influenced and funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. So the Rockefellers all over this. Yep. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, 2012, a study by the Life Issues Institute determined that at the time, 2012, 102 out of 165 or 62% of the Planned Parenthood facilities, affiliate facilities, were located in areas with relatively high African-American populations. 102 out of 165 mm-hmm. are located in African-American, African-American communities. communities. So, 
Sounds like they're targeted. Yeah, a little bit, a little does. bit. So at that time, 2012, a black child was 2.33 times more likely to die in an abortion than a white child, which is an interesting number because I think they say that like um, they say that uh, black uh, blacks are 2.8 times more likely to be shot and killed by a police officer or something like that. So like this, it's like that eh, was weird. Yeah, it's a weird yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we could go into all that and all that statistical. Uh, gymnastics that they do in that yeah. i was just looking into that today but i don't want to get into that today so anyway <laughs> um so as of 2017 however uh one out of three black babies are aborted which is 800 every day around 800 every single day okay um 34 of black babies were aborted in 2017 so that means out of all the black babies that were conceived in 2017 34 percent of them were murdered were murdered okay um so also, as of 2017, 61.3 million babies have died by abortion in the United States, 19.4 um, of which were conceived in black uh, African women, African-American women. That's a pretty staggering percentage uh, <laughs> if you look at it. And then again, at 2017, 78% of Planned Parenthood clinics are in black or other minority communities. You know, you don't see them in freaking Beverly Hills, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. So let me put, I want to put these, I want to put some emphasis on these numbers and I jotted down some notes here. So for the 2018, 2019 um, year, uh, Planned Parenthood uh, carried out 345,672 abortions. So that's 28,806 dead babies in a month. That's 947 uh, children that are denied life every day. It's 39 babies per hour, 24-7, 365 days a year. So to, to put that into uh, a visual context, we're talking about every year, uh, essentially the equivalent of the population of Honolulu, Hawaii. We are talking about 17 school buses full of children per day, dead. Um, which is equal in loss to the fatal crash of 69 fully loaded 747 400 wide uh, airplanes. So mm -hmm. this is huge. We're talking huge, huge amounts of death. And, and the death is not quite so uh, simple, quiet, and under the rug as Planned Parenthood and the government and all of these uh, dark entities will have dr really drilled into us as a society, our children in school, um, the propaganda behind uh, the whole pro-choice movement is it falls flat, and, and we're going to paint that out. But, but this is really, really very, very insidious and very, very dark. And, um, and furthermore, uh, Planned Parenthood benefits financially uh, for selling mm -hmm. these uh, baby parts. And not only are they not selling only, uh, and I say only, the ripped apart, uh, mutilated baby parts. They're, they're in fact on record admitting uh, in, in testimony that they are uh, changing abortion procedures and, and changing the manner in which abortions are performed to essentially deliver uh, babies that ha are, are as intact as, as possible. And so what we're talking about is uh, true partial birth abortions without uh, mother's consent. We're talking about um, human children being delivered um, alive only to then uh, have their organs harvested and sold to um, third-party companies. So this mm -hmm. is this is a huge deal, and we'll get more into that too. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to touch on yep, that. That's, yep, sure. totally. So and then another startling statistic that I showed was in uh, 2013, apparently that there were uh, 29,007 uh, abortions carried out by African-American women, which comprised of 42% of all the abortions in New York City that year, okay? Mm -hmm. That same year, 
uh, black women gave birth to 24,108 babies. And so they actually killed 5,000 more babies than were born. Um, so 67.3 per thousand, which is far higher than any other racial or ethnic so we're, we're, again, we're talking about is the government targeting, targeting. And, and sending propaganda, misinformation. And this is the mind manipulation where they have convinced um, these sects of the population that this is the way to go, that this is the option. Um, disempowerment. Disempowerment, absolutely. And then really this, this is a very surface level looking at it from this direction. We have to understand this is instilled in the people in these populations and where Planned Parenthood is throughout uh, the country that from a school level, right? We're talking about pushing sexualization into very, very, very young children so that they can start talking about birth control very, very, very early. I know when I was in high school and I went to high school locally here in town, I remember in health class them bringing Planned Parenthood in then, and I'm 42 years old. In my, uh, I think it was my freshman year, they had Planned Parenthood come into health class and, and talk about all of the benefits of uh, Planned Parenthood and abortion and, and how much uh, freedom that that gave girls and how we didn't have to talk to our parents. And it, it literally was... Like that was what was fed into me. And and can you imagine, can you imagine what is being fed into? I mean, this is Eugene, Oregon, where we're, it's, it's a predominantly white culture here and that's what's being uh, pushed. And and so if you're taking it into, you know, communities we're talking about, they're, they're primar primarily black. Um, they're, they're just encouraging them and manipulating them and, and, and really, yeah, the propaganda to get them to murder their children is, mm -hmm. it's successful, has been yeah. hugely successful. 100%. Yeah, 2016, according to the CDC. Oh, sorry, just the last quote on this, dude. Okay. Um, African American female, uh, African Americans are 13% of the female population in the United States. However, they comprise 38% of all abortions. So you're talking about crazy statistics, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely a lot of targeted mm -hmm. individuals for Absolutely. sure. And I just want to, I mean, not to be as controversial, but like I have kind of ended up over here from coming from the left a little bit yeah. more. And I, um, I haven't necessarily made the decision that I think that this is that a woman shouldn't have a choice. I have not. But what I have done is I've gone down this rabbit trail with you guys. And no matter what, I don't think these things are mutually exclusive that you can. Um, what we're uncovering here is definitely targeted and dark, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. So so like you can. You can still think like, oh, it's your right to have an abortion, but like realize that Planned Parenthood and the, the, what they have done with the eugenics agenda behind this thing is dark and and terrible. And, um, and their, th their agenda is not for women's rights. That's just it. Planned Parenthood doesn't give a shit about women's rights or their reproductive health. That's not what they're about. And let's keep in mind that their their assets are somewhere around like $2.2 billion. 2 billion. Yep. Wow. And, and was it last year alone? They, they're... they're uh, was it 1.6? It was 1.6 in revenue. 1.6 billion in revenue um, last year alone. So sorry to interrupt. No, you, no. And I think it's great. I mean, I think this is kind of um, a great discussion. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and I think because because for me, like, you know, like I do think like our whole path is to uncover the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. and when you and I'm I'm questioning things I've I've learned that I've been told. And that's because, you know, when I see where this came from, where this agenda came from and what they're trying to do with it, because they think that we are less than them, then that that changes the game. Yep. It changes the game. And so so I'm I'm looking at this through another lens. And I think that that's if you're on if you're coming from the side, the angle that I'm coming from, you know, let's look at a different side. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. 
And I think a lot of this, to me, this this speaks a lot to um, them pushing the agenda that some lives matter and some don't. And they've taken it down the rabbit hole that, that these babies are clumps of tissue and that they don't count and that they're not humans or that they're not persons um, and, and all of these uh, different arguments. But but the truth of the matter is, is this is this is really just about them normalizing um, murder. And, and, you know, some years back, and I remember in California, this was a big deal when they were talking about, you know, like assisted suicide, you know, with the elderly people. At the end of the day, what you're going to find is a deep state agenda to essentially help us to wipe ourselves out. This, to me, speaks uh, and smacks loudly of historically the way that the deep state and the way that the government has um, attempted to control and wipe out and normalize uh, their agenda by way of starting things very, very young. And so wiping out children at the beginning of, of life, wiping out the elderly because they're quote unquote no longer, you know, helpful to society like like this, you know, psychopath was was speaking on. Um, I don't remember what his name was now, but, you know, yeah. old white beard no, man. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, Chaw, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways. Well, and I think that the, the evidence here speaks for itself. Like there is an agenda, mm -hmm. they are successful with it, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's happening. And you know, no matter what you think, like they are killing who they want. Mm -hmm. That's that's for sure. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. Time to wake up. Well, Planned Parenthood's annual report, and it was either 27, 20, uh, 20 It was two thousand seventeen, eighteen, or two thousand eighteen, nineteen, and I can't remember which because my notes are my notes are a little wonky. But from Planned Parenthood's own annual report. Or every 100 women that came to Planned Parenthood, 95 of them were sold abortion. Wow. Out of every 100 women, 95 were sold abortion. So this are is there a other services? Huge are there deal. like adoptions and stuff like that? Uh, no, not adoption. They have like they they have uh, like breast cancer screenings. They have like I'm not saying know. them exactly. I'm saying like like they don't that doesn't come up in the conversation. Like you know you don't necessarily have to kill it, right? You no, they don't talk. Oh, uh, they okay. definitely don't yeah. talk about adoption. <laughs> that is not their agenda. They don't make money yeah. on adopted babies. Oh yeah, they make, that's right. They make oh, money yeah. on uh, on Off dead of babies. Murdering and harvesting. Uh, their 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 kidneys. Yep, absolutely. Their intact heads. Um, their, you know, their testicles, all kinds of things. It is their eyes. This is a huge, huge yeah, deal. Now I get it. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah. now. Okay, yeah. So, moving on, folks. We uh, so another another couple of wonderful Margaret Sanger quotes here. Um, so, in her article called "A Better Race Through Birth Control," um, says, "Given birth control, the unfit will voluntarily eliminate their kind." Also says, "Birth control does not mean contraception indiscriminately practiced." It means the release and cultivation of the better elements in our society. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever, dude, whatever. And like, you know, you guys mentioned earlier, <clears throat> as of recently, New York, the New York branches at least, have kind of distanced themselves from Margaret Sanger because all yeah. this stuff is starting to come out and come to light. And uh, Go figure. Yeah, on, on their website, it says the reasoning for distancing themselves and dropping her name from these buildings is that, quote, her harmful connections to the eugenics movement. So mm. there you go. If you think that maybe this is speculation that she had anything to do with eugenics as a plant parent, again, saying that she is a eugenics. But haven't they been supporting her for years? Have they, well, here's how the, did it get out? Well, that's just it. So them saying <laughs> that they're going to remove her name from affiliating with them doesn't change the fact that it's her, her ideals, and her mission that is still being practiced and carried forward. And in fact, I, I'll bet you to a tune that is much surpassed anything oh, yeah. she could have possibly hoped for. I oh, bet yeah. she didn't intend to make money off their bodies. So... Um, this, them saying that they're going to step away from her name. Don't, don't let that fool you. Don't yeah. let that fool you. Awake people. Well, I mean, and I on. think that the, the, the main thing 
why they're doing this is because I mean I would say it's probably the whole Black Lives Matter movement and stuff. They're kind of they're kind of getting uncovered here. It's uh-huh, kind of like uh-huh. it's kind of probably uncomfortable being it's, like, hey, well, but like the statistics speak for themselves. Like we are definitely targeting the black community, and it's you can't deny it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't deny it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so so now they, they they've come out with all these new points where they're how they're gonna um, be more racially uh, accepting. But they're just moving deeper into the shadows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Making it more hard to uncover. So that's the dangerous part about racism, right? Like you see all the, the Nazis and all this stuff, like in these rallies that the media props up, right? But, you know, real racism it pushes itself down in the shadows, man. And that's yes, what you see is going on here. Yes, absolutely. You know, real racism lives in the shadows, man. It's crazy. Um, when do we get to talk about the Margaret Sanger Award? Oh, uh, we, we, we won't get there. We'll get there. Okay. Um, so uh, also through on her paper, A Better Race Through Birth Control, um, November 1923. COVID. Sorry. Oh, God. The, oh, oh, God. the object of civilization is to obtain the highest and most splendid culture of which humanity is capable. But such attainment is unthinkable if we continue to breed from the present race stock that yields us our largest amount of progeny. Some method must be devised to eliminate the degenerate and the defective, for these act constantly to impede progress and ever increasingly drag down the human race. Now, it is. she also says, I'll quote, it is impossible to conceive of eugenic legislation, like it's impossible to write laws that would be acceptable, that would cover the present yeah. need. Fortunately, however, birth control offers an avenue of escape. <laughs> but now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Is it? <laughs> Is it really impossible to write laws to uh, implement these eugenic programs? It seems like they were able to. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were. Okay, so now let's move across the Atlantic Ocean to Germany, 1924. Oh, here we go. Now, a publication called Mein Kampf was written uh, where Hitler quotes American eugenics ideology mm. to directly, like, uh, American eugenics. Like, that is the basis of what he built his whole thing around, Okay. Um, in my comp, it says, there is today one state in which at least weak beginnings toward a better conception of immigration are noticeable, of course. It is not our model German Republic, but the United States. So he's already, 1924, Hitler. looking to Adolf yeah. Hitler, is looking at the United States and what they got going on. As the like, example hmm. for how he would like to build his empire. Well, let's just be, <laughs> it doesn't surprise us after what we just learned. I mean, yeah. it just feels like it's that's, a continuation it. yep. of what they started. Yep. So, um, in 1933, Margaret Sanger's publication, right? Her mm-hmm. famous birth control review. She published an article by a man named Dr. Ernst Rudin entitled eugenic sterilization. Now it's really cool. We actually went in and looked through the art, this archive version of that exact issue and yep. browsed, flipped through the pages and found the exact article by Ernst Rudin. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, so we'll put links to that. Um, he was ultimately the man that was in charge of designing and implementing Hitler's 1933 sterilization policy. So he literally wrote the sterilization policy, you know, right, <laughs> at, right after Hitler came to power in 1933, he's the one that wrote uh, his eugenics policy, basically. Um, now we're going to get into some good stuff here. Ooh. Okay, so some of you out there, you're probably familiar with Brown Brothers Harriman, right? The uh, Nazi collaborators, you know, employers of George Herbert Walker, Prescott Bush, all that good stuff. So anyway... In 1932, there was a conference in New York called the Third International Cong- Congress on Eugenics um, that was put on by the Harriman brothers, right? Um, Avril Harriman and uh, oh, what was his other brother's name, whatever. Anyway, so what they did is they brought over all these folks from Germany, and I think Rudin was uh, Austrian, I think. I can't remember. Anyway, 
they used the Hamburg America line, which was a shipping company owned by George Herbert Walker and Prescott Bush. And they brought all these guys over and they held this big conference. Um, so and George Herbert Walker, Prescott Bush. Yes, correct. Yes. Um, and at this conference, they elected unanimously. They put uh, Ernst Rudin, they elected him as the president of the Congress on Eugenics. And they also made him the president of the Worldwide Eugenics Federation. Okay, now... Rudin is heavily Rockefeller, dude. Like he was running, he was directing several branches of the Rockefeller Foundation. Um, and uh, oh, it's also worth mentioning too that uh, both Harriman brothers, Prescott Bush, George Herbert Walker, both Bush Sr., Bush Jr., all members of the Order of the Skull and Bones. So they're all in that little mm. clique. So you got the little, little Yale club um, calling the shots, bringing these Nazis over, right? Oh, and, yes. and and also, that's what I was going to say earlier is that uh, 1942, uh, Brown Brothers Harriman, the law firm, uh, was indicted by the federal government under the uh, Trading with the Enemies Act, uh, which was for doing for their business dealings with the Nazis. But from what I understand is that it all fell apart because the Americans were too busy fighting the war and obviously corruption and backhanded deals with the skull and bones people to say, hey, just let me go. I'll give you some, you know what I mean? So they all, they all got off scot-free, but they were indicted um, under the Trading with the Enemies Act for their dealings with the Nazis. So um, Rudin, 1933, Ernst Rudin, Dr. Ernst Rudin, who wrote in Margaret Sanger's publication, um, was hired by Hitler's Minister of the Interior to write the sterilization law, which we kind of talked about. And he modeled it after some of the eugenics laws that were in place, the sterilization laws already in some U.S. states like Virginia, right? Okay. Now, uh, he, he was a humble man. He was a humble man. And he uh, ultimately gave all the credit <laughs> to Hitler uh, for, for, for his sterilization I program. The humility. You know what I mean? And, and he basically said that Quote, the dream we have cherished for more than 30 years of seeing racial hygiene converted into action has become reality. So oh, that terminology, racial hygiene, racial wow. hygiene. Uh, so we'll get back to that. Um, so the Rockefeller Foundation supported Rudin throughout his endeavors and all throughout his entire tenure with Hitler, um, which included two point five million dollars Rockefeller money, uh, which is donated to Rudin's projects in 1925. So a little bit before. Um, you know, this was after, you know, this is when Hitler was Huge kind of amount of money moves, in 1925, right? yeah. by the way. 2.5 million in yeah, 1925 exactly. is astronomical. Astronomical. 325,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, 325,000 in 1928 to build a new building, and the foundation paid for uh, an anthropological survey on the genetically, the eugenically worthwhile population. Um, and that was genetically worthwhile yeah. population. And that was between 1930 and 1935. It just slips right off the tongue. Yep. Um, and so also, if you I look, hadn't read that quote. Yeah. <laughs> wow. it, if you look into Ernst Rudin as well, if you start to really dig into this guy, you're going to see that he was credited as being a mentor to Joseph Mengele. Ooh. Joseph Mengele, uh, God, what was his he, name? He perfected, death, he perfected right? cutting babies out of their mothers. Correct. This is this. Yep. Yeah. So this monster, this monster. So well, he was a, he was set up at Auschwitz, right? And he's just you probably have heard of him. If not, look into him. He uh, was obsessed with doing these exper human experimentation, right? The most awful, horrific human experimentation you could possibly imagine on children, and, and all with a particular focus on children, and then an even more specific interest in twins. So even more diabolical. Yeah, he was obsessed with twins and experimenting on one, and and just having like one as a control. You know what I mean? Like yep. a super insane stuff. And it said that out of the three thousand twins who passed through his lab only 200 survived the war so um and all of that all of like Mengele's research 
was very much used and brought over during Operation Paperclip, you know, when we brought all these Nazis yeah. over, you know, and all of his studies on trauma-based mind control and all this stuff was incorporated into, you know, the CIA's MK Ultra, Project Monarch, all that stuff. Yes. So, like, we're talking Ernst Rudin, Rockefeller, Joseph Mengele. It's all just yes. bam, 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 all bam, together. Bam, 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 bam. All tied together. And, and, and Margaret Sanger Let's just... not forget Gates. Yeah, and, and Margaret Sanger cannot uh, get enough of this Ernst Rudin guy, apparently. So... Anyway, um, now there are some misconceptions out there. I know that uh, a lot of people think that Hitler uh, directly like gave credit to Margaret Sanger, but apparently she he never was known to have quoted Margaret Sanger directly. However, he was very much uh, a fan of a couple of her contemporaries. Um, two worth mentioning are Leon Whitney and Madison Grant. There's a famous story where uh, in, in the 1930s, Whitney uh, Leon Whitney, who had written a book called The Case for Sterilization, was super excited because he received a letter from Adolf Hitler requesting a copy of his book. And so he went down, he ran over to his buddy, Madison Grant, and said, dude, check this out. I just got a letter from Hitler, dude, asking for my book. And Madison Grant was like, oh yeah, well, look at this. And he pulled out a letter from Hitler that he had praising his book called The Passing of the Great Race, where Hitler had written in the note calling Grant's book the eugenic his eugenic Bible. Okay. Wow. So so like so, I have a better Hitler letter than you. Yeah, I have that's, a better that's, letter. That's, that's, that's yeah. the game we're playing. Exactly. That's exactly where that Hitler went. likes me more. Yeah. Hitler likes me more. Yeah. And so what you know what kind of what this shows is basically like not only were the American eugenicists aware that uh, their their programs are being used in Germany, but mm -hmm. also they were like fully they were so proud of it. Yeah. They were like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So it's insane. Um, another example in 1934, a man named Charles Goth, um, who was the founder of the Eugenics Society of North Cal Northern California, um, actually traveled to Germany just to kind of walk around and see what was going on and wrote a letter back to his friend Eugene Gossany, who was the head of the Human Betterment Foundation of San Diego. And his letter read You will be interested to know, Goth's letter said. That work has played a powerful part in shaping the opinions of the group of intellectuals who are behind Hitler in this epoch-making program. Everywhere I sense that their opinions have been tremendously stimulated by Americans through American thought, and particularly by the work of the Human Betterment Foundation. I want you, my dear friend, to carry this through with you for the rest of your life. Whoa. So, yeah. So basically, you can give credit to American eugenicists in the early 20th century for a lot of the stuff that happened in Germany during the Holocaust. So there you go. All right. We're going to change here just a little bit, but we're going to keep it in Germany. So we're going to be talking about IBM. Okay. So International Business Machine, Business Machines, I'm sure you guys have all heard of it. It's a very large corporation, even to this day. Um, a man named Thomas Watson was uh, one of the original CEOs, head of the company. He was in charge of IBM from 1914 until 1956. Um when Hitler came to power in 1930, on January 30th, 1933, one of his first missions, you know, he already had this final solution in place in his mind, right? He knew that his, his goal was to exterminate the Jewish race from the earth. And one of his first missions that he needed to do was first identify all the Jewish German citizens, right? And that was a huge undertaking. You know, you couldn't just walk around with like a clipboard and do all that. So he needed some sort of like computer for the task, right? But, you know, this is right before computers like were around. And so they had these like early technologies um and ibm had this thing called a punch card uh kind of a card sorting type system where it was just like the, the, the card had like little punches on it that they could index using like some sort of machine um which was like pretty much the direct predecessor to a computer okay mm -hmm. um so hitler contacted thomas watson at ibm hired him to come over build these machines which were then distributed all over germany um ibm employees came 
And uh, subsidiaries of IBM came and trained the Nazis on how to use these machines, and IBM kept maintenance up on these machines throughout the war, okay? So these cards were called Hollerith cards, um, which were named after IBM's founder, Herman Hollerith, and they each stored the information. Um, So, you know, everybody's familiar with the famous, you know, the tattoos that the people of the concentration camps would have on their arms, right? Those were IBM human identification numbers. Those were their numbers that corresponded with the cards that that IBM Mm -hmm. was using. And so Mm -hmm. these cards were used for- Yeah, and you can go to like, apparently like in the the museums, like you can go to a museum, they have the IBM Hollerith machines sitting in like the Holocaust museums and stuff. Like it's Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So these were used for quote, uh, the expulsion from society, confiscation, ghettoization, deportation, and extermination of the undesirables of, you know, not eventually it wasn't just the Jewish population. It was uh, people with uh, mental, you know, physical disabilities. It became like homosexuals. I know he targeted Freemasons, Catholics, you know, it just became a big blanket way to just eliminate everybody that didn't fit his eugenic ideal. Basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Thomas Watson was instrumental in Hitler's rise and, and carrying out his plan. And in 1937, Hitler actually gave Thomas Watson an award called the German Eagle a Star that was used to honor his extraordinary service by a foreigner to the Third Reich. Okay? Now, wow. Now, when looking into the, and when looking into this, this all hurts my heart. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. Bad. It's crazy. And we're looking into this. Like a lot of the authors and researchers that um, were presenting this information all said that like IBM to this day refuses to cooperate or answer any questions from this period of their history at all. Oh like it's God. like dark, and they just keep it all in the dark. Now, Thomas Watson's granddaughter went on <laughs> to marry. Are you ready for this, Margaret Sanger's grandson? Oh, oh my God. So they're just like a so, nice little happy bloodline so now. Yeah. So okay. Good. So what we have here is we have IBM eugenics. We have uh, you know just this this ideology just permeating into them. So we're gonna fast forward just a teeny tiny little bit, and we're gonna introduce you to a man named John Oppel. O P E L. So John Oppel. Um, this is a quote from directly from uh, IBM's website. So Oppel learned how to manage people at the side of Thomas J. Watson. So Thomas Watson was the one, that, you know, our Nazi friend that received the award for service to the Third Reich, trained Oppel, took him under his wing. Um, and uh, from 1952 to 1970, Watson summoned Oppel from the hinterlands and made him his executive assistant in 1959 after watching him teach a couple of sales classes at Endicott, New York. So John Oppel becomes the head of IBM after being trained by Thomas Watson. Uh, he served 11 years as the president of IBM from 1974 to 1985. He was the, chief, the CEO for IBM for 1981 to 1985 and the chairman of the board of directors from 1983 to 1986. So After. basically most of the people listening to this mm-hmm. were alive when yeah. this guy. Yeah. So just, I would, it seems like it's far away yeah. and we're talking about like Nazi Germany and all this, but, but really this is like, yes. ba- this is in our backyard. This yep. is like just a few years ago, really. I mean, this is, this is yep. recent. The 80s, the good years. Yep. Right. Wasn't that 20 years ago? Isn't that how that goes? Something like, yeah, something like that. Was like 20 years ago, <laughs> okay, dude. All right, all right. Yeah. So, um, so John Oppel um, was also served on the board of the United Way of King County, Washington, up kind of like Seattle or anything in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he became good friends with a woman named Mary Gates. Now, Mary Gates was the first board member of the United Way in King County, Washington, and she also became the first female to run the United Way of America in 1983. So she was, you know, from what I understand, she was like a professor. She was a, a I think University of Washington, I can't remember. Anyway, you know, you know, I can't, no, I'm going to take that back because I don't think that's true. But she was, you know, a professor, a well-renowned uh, professor. She was a uh, very heavy, she was like the first interstate bank. Um, mm-hmm. and she's a very reputable, respected businesswoman. 
who became very close to this John Oppel while serving on the board together at United Way. In fact, she became so close with Oppel that she convinced him to give her son, Bill Gates, startup money to start his little company called Microsoft. <laughs> it all comes back, folks. It all comes back. Nice. Little so bow. when we say that Bill Gates is making a vaccine to kill you with, we meant that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's, let's for look sure. at where his roots are. Oh, my now, gosh. Now, so you like that? All the way from the Nazis all the way up. Dude, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Eugenics, bam. Okay, now we're going to take it even a step further, okay? Here we go. Now, um, there's a man named William Gates Sr. We alluded to the, uh, the grandfather who was allegedly on the uh, board of the American Eugenics Society. Um, but now we're talking about William Gates Sr., his dad, okay? Now, this is like, can't dispute this. This ain't conspiracy theory, folks, because here it is right out of the man's mouth himself. One issue that really grabbed me as, as urgent uh, was, were issues related to population, uh, reproductive health. But did you come to reproductive issues as an intellectual? When I was growing up, my parents were always involved in various uh, uh, volunteer things. My dad was uh, head of Planned Parenthood. And it was very controversial uh, to be involved with that. Okay, folks, so well, there you go. There you have it. Um, wow. So, yeah, uh, Bill Gates' dad was the head of Planned Parenthood. So there you go. Um, and so you see how both of these, like he's getting it from both sides of his family. And so it's just like, yeah, how does he end up to be this guy that's all of a sudden in charge of all these global agendas that are ultimately what we're all theorizing in the conspiracy communities about some sort of population reduction, some sort of just like extermination, some sort of eugenics program being implemented before our very eyes. And they've got so many of us brainwashed into thinking that it's, it's for our best. Well, he's think, brainwashed. His parents. Yeah. So this this is how he is who he is, mm -hmm. and and so sorry to interrupt you. Go for it. No, no, I was just saying this is the reason we know that he spent many an hour with with Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. Yeah. discussing this is this is what they were discussing. I mean, yes. you know, and we we have uh, Epstein's uh, victims have have talked about Bill Gates being there and spending hours just just talking. Yeah. Uh, you can you can put two and two together yourself. You know, this yeah. this is. This is playing out in front of our eyes. This is not to help the the common man. This what? is this is this is for their race, and their race is is a club of bloodlines that, that no, is not you and me. Their race has nothing to do with skin color. By yep. the yeah, way. exactly. And that, totally. that's what's important to, to identify here. And and true, the the indoctrination given to him. How how would anybody ever possibly? How could you hypothesize that someone like Bill Gates and when we're all like really big on like, OK, well, we're, we're brainwashed and all the things that happen to us in society. I mean, this is true in families. Mm -hmm. how, how is it in anybody's right mind that this man has any good for anybody yeah. besides like we're talking about, like top bloodlines? This man doesn't care. This man and, and what he, he he does care. He cares very deeply, but not about keeping us alive. And that's Not about too. helping us. Yeah. I mean, so. I mean, you just look at it. I mean, his dad was the the head of Planned Parenthood, which we we know is he's a eugenicist mm -hmm. or Children are eugenics. Children a mirror of their parents. And 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 then I mean, he gets given the company mm -hmm. that he and and what did he do? He gets he gets in trouble for all these uh, lawsuits, antitrust, yeah. antitrust lawsuits. That, I mean, we all kind of it's like everybody forgot that part, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like he, he rebranded himself as this, you know, super altruistic, you know, freaking Bill Bill and Gates Foundation dude, right? Yeah, well, he's just going to give all his money away. But like he's, but all these, we have all kinds of quotes of him. I mean, he, he is eugenicist and his his vaccines are to, to make him, they've made him 
what over fifty billion dollars? Something like that. He said twenty to one return on investment. Yeah, yeah, and and here we are, and he's got this this new vaccine to save the world. Like, why why is anyone excited to get this thing? Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think that um, you know, I was just uh, listening to some macro aggressions with uh, yeah Charlie Robinson, with Charlie Holland. Robinson there, and he had uh, Richard Willett who. Uh, which uh, he has the documentary here. Let me just uh, like uh, the filmmaker uh, Richard Willett, and from his is he has a new film, Prime for Panic, Lockdown mm. Twenty Twenty. Yeah. But anyways, he was talking just uh, they kind of I thought fit in with all of this. You know, um, the idea with with these vaccines, you know, for for these people that are of these bloodlines, that these are these you know Illuminati, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, but these these people that. Um, They've been using these same bloodlines for so long that they might not have the weak that are the the immune systems that we have today, mm-hmm. you know. So 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 they want to weaken our immune systems, and that's what they've been doing with all these vaccines and forcing this stuff on us. You know, they they're bringing us down. They they don't want they don't want us to be successful. They they care about themselves and only themselves, and their club does not include us. Right. We not. are the poor. We are the, you know, the things they've been we're calling the them here. Yeah, yep. we're the expendable. We're the unfit. Yes, yep. we are. Yep, we are. the useless eaters. I love that, that one, dude. That is true. Um, so, yeah, so Bill Gates, dad, head of Planned Parenthood, right? So what the heck is Planned Parenthood, man? Like, uh, they got all these dead babies lying around. What are they going to do with them, right? What are dead <laughs> babies used for, Megan? Oh, gosh. So, uh, like, food testing, cosmetics, vaccines. Vaccines? They put dead babies they, in vaccines? They no, babies they could do something like that. Oh, Why would they do that? believe it. But... What about food testing? Why do they <laughs> But use that's my favorite food? vaccine ingredient. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's, that's mine, great, too. Great meme. That's mine, too. I mean, I love the fact that... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, can you guys, like, in the comments out. below, please name your favorite vaccine ingredient and why? I'm curious. Yeah. What benefits? What benefits? Yeah, what yeah. benefits? What, you what's your yeah. favorite, yeah, health benefit? Yeah, this is the, which this ingredient <laughs> in a vaccine? I'm curious. This is, the, this is the fun we have on our Facebook yeah, page, absolutely. so check us out, dude. Anyway, but yeah, food testing, why do they use a fucking aborted fetuses and food testing? What the hell's up with that, dude? It's crazy, so, like... <laughs> There's this big conspiracy out there. It's like that there's dead baby fetuses in Pepsi, which no, there's not. There's not. But what they do do is they do do, they create these little like synthetic tongues using like stem cells or something like that. And then what they do is they go in and they pinpoint target like exactly which taste bud to target with whatever chemicals they're putting in their things. They can really make sure that whatever it is they're processing and putting out is, is so specifically targeted to target specific taste buds i mean that's that's what they're doing well right? let's it's keep crazy. in mind this is what this is what's in the light that we know of oh, that yeah. they're doing with these dead children this yeah. is what's in the light of day for us to see that they're doing with these yeah. dead children we you can't even imagine and 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 the methods by and here's the the overall arching thing and i keep on i want to keep bringing it back for me this is the core that the method by which they're murdering these children the 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 uh the avenues that they're using to benefit from these dead children um it, it, it's so deeply perverse um that that there there is no light to be found in it that mm-hmm. that I can see at all. There is no argument that can possibly justify this grotesque. Uh, it, it it is it's a torturous um, dismembering of of human life, um, and and it is these these children they suffer and 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 in fact, and we can maybe do this on another time. I don't even want to touch on this, but but down the road to these these women who have been lied to yeah. these families who have been lied to about you know this these clumps of cells just being you know sucked away and sold away um and that you're going to be fine yeah your body might heal but let me promise you that there mm. are we are soulful entities and whatever spiritual entities there is harm 
to be done psychologically. There's harm to be done to your heart. There, there are things that you can't fix. There are paths that you can't untake once you've taken a life. And I, and they don't, they don't tell women, they, yeah. they don't tell women at all that, and they don't, they make sure that women are taught that, that this isn't life that they're, that they're giving up, that this, that this doesn't matter and this isn't going to affect them. They can go on with their lives, um, without this, you know, cumbersome responsibility and everything's going to be fine. And the truth of the matter is if you look into these studies, um, you hear these women talk who have become aware of the truth and realize what they've done. This, this is trauma of the deepest kind that you can possibly imagine. This is not informed consent. Mm -hmm. um, this this uh, procedure that's being sold to these women as their easy out is um, is so deeply diabolical. It's not just the children that suffer. And and we're talking we're we're murdering we're murdering best friends. We're murdering that companion. We're murdering that minister. We're murdering that brilliant attorney. We're murdering the person that you know helps at that car accident 20 years from now and saves somebody's life. We're murdering human beings that had uh, something to do here um, on this earth. So, and and to, to the tune of 61 plus um, million yeah. children. This yeah. is it's 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 astronomical. It's astronomical. Yeah, absolutely. And. Uh, you know, I have a good friend who explained to me once, you know, this is back in the day, but told me about, you know, what, what, what the after effects were for her and it just completely fractured her. Like she lost her, you know, it was, it was pretty intense to hear. Yeah. Like she had no idea that that was going to happen afterwards. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. insane. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're the informed consent piece. We're all about that here at Truthzilla. Yeah. So, you know, Absolutely. so anyway, I mean, yeah. So what? Is there business to be had here? Like, are they actually in the business of harvesting and trafficking dead baby parts? Oh, like, so I don't think so. that that, how could that even be possible? Can we, don't we have a clip here? Yeah, we do. We, we can pull a little clip here. So let's just uh, do this. So just to give a little context here. So, um, look into this for yourselves. Yeah. We're going to do tiny Def clips definitely, here. Definitely look into this, man. We'll put, and we'll put extra, uh, clips in the in the show notes so they can check into we're not gonna yeah. open them all up here but yeah but the center for medical progress right did i get that right mm -hmm. center yes, for medical progress okay uh a couple of investigative journalists sandra merritt and david delayden um basically using undercover hidden cameras went in and started mm -hmm. talking to some of these planned parenthood executives and started uh uncovering some stuff right and so here's just a little clip here we're just gonna play this so during the um bush administration bush uh -huh. one bush one it was um it was no federal funding could go to stem cell research or to embryonic cell research. Uh -huh. But fetal tissue was taken out of that. So we continued to send tissue to people like NIH. Uh -huh. Even though the government was paying for it, fetal tissue weren't put in that little box huh. of embryonic because it's different. Now so there you go. So they're they're trafficking, you know, dead baby parts over to the NIH. You know, our friends no, at the no NIH. No stem cells, just no their bodies, cells. just their <laughs> yeah, brains, yeah. just their heads, just their intact whole persons. Yeah, just just okay. little just loophole, right, little right. loophole, little loophole. Yep. So, <laughs> um, basically, Delete and Merit basically expose the fact that yes, they are in fact selling, you know, these these babies to biomedical companies, biospecimen companies, you know, the NIH, like you saw there. And it's insane because like the practices that they, that they are explaining in the videos, which they then go on to being like, you know, under sworn deposition or being questioned about these things that they said on these hidden cameras. And they're admitting to these awful, crazy things in defense of Planned Parenthood. I can't remember her name, but the, the head of Planned Parenthood comes on and she's being interviewed and this is her defense. She's basically saying like, well, we're not, 
seeking a profit here. We're just trying to reimburse our expenses, right? Just, we have this huge operation. Yeah, we're, we have this huge <laughs> operation that involves the murdering and trafficking of dead baby parts, but we're not trying to make a profit. We're just trying to break even. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's like, okay, yeah, that's a little... That sounds justifiable. <laughs> totally justifiable. Totally. Just so, after all this came out, um, this was in California, Daleden and Merritt were immediately targeted by Planned Parenthood. Pan Planned Parenthood back, like, struck back, suing them, lawsuits for, you know, using all this footage and stuff. Um, who would it, and who can would I, can it, I say yeah, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I say what happened? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on a roll. Go for it. Well, I just want to know who would could be behind Well, this. so those are the lawsuits. Those were the lawsuits. Those, those, lawsuits. Are, those are civil. Civil. Yes, right. But then it escalated very quickly from there where the state actually brought charges upon them, right? Kicked down their doors, raided their house. Raided their house. But do you know who authorized that? Who, who authorized it? Do you know it? who authorized it? Who? Kamala Harris. Oh. Who was California Damn. State Attorney There's General. And as of Think. the time that she ordered for them to be raided, arrested, and charged, she had at that point already taken from those, uh, primarily from the five Planned Parenthoods, that uh, were Affiliates. engaged in, yes, correct, they were engaged in trafficking these dead baby uh Caught par- red-handed. Parts. Yep, they had already donated to her in excess of $81,000 um, at the time that she ordered. For her campaign. Uh, for her campaign, absolutely. So we've got a severe, a, a disgusting conflict of interest here. And in fact, um, really, uh, David, what is it? Daladin? David Daladin? Yep. Yeah. Um, he essentially, what he was doing wasn't, uh, he was, he was undercover reporting mm-hmm. and, and under California shield laws, there should have been no charges come against him mm-hmm. whatsoever. And in fact, this is four years going now that she has been writing his ass into the mm-hmm. ground on this, trying mm-hmm. to uh, get him to defend himself for uncovering open conversations that Planned Parenthood top, uh, executives were having. And, and in fact, um, I mean, I watched footage today of them literally standing around and poking at these little dismembered babies and talking, well, there's some kitties, and laughing, laughing about how much money they were going to get for it. This is, yeah. I'm smiling because really yeah, it's, it's, it's so... Insane. It, it's insane. It's yeah. insane. Oh, God. So definitely looking at this for yourself, guys. You know, it's just yeah. like the corruption and the evil, dude. It's so yeah. fucked so up. So Kamala dude. Harris... Abused her position as attorney general to, 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 you know make her donors and benefactors happy you know in this in this instance right right Surrounded so she by should not have had anything to do with this yeah so this this stinks all of the whole thing yeah the whole thing so i think now that we've established very clearly that planned parenthood and margaret sanger are very dark very evil forces around there let's look at the margaret sanger awards oh. <laughs> our our highest honor the planned parenthood federation of america margaret sanger award is presented annually to recognize leadership, excellence, and outstanding contributions for the reproductive health and rights movement. Bam! Lovely. So who are some of these recipients? <laughs> you want me to go? Go ahead. Okay, John D. Rockefeller III in Ooh. 1967, Jane wow. Fonda in 2003, Ted Turner in 2004, who said a total world population of 250-300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels would be ideal. Yeah, he mm. sounds like he's behind the George Guidestones right there. Uh, mm. I, I want to start with the final one, which was uh, Nancy Pelosi Ooh. in 2014 and... Hillary Clinton in 2009. Can I say what Hillary said? Oh, yeah. Hillary okay. said after, yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
So Hillary, upon receiving uh, this award, said, now I have to tell you that it was a great privilege when I was told that I would receive this award. I admire Margaret Sanger enormously, her courage, her tenacity, her vision. And when I think about what she did all those years ago in Brooklyn, taking on archetypes, talk, uh, taking on attitudes and what is it say? Accusations. accusations. I need to get my glasses on. Taking on attitudes and accusations flowing from all directions. I am really in awe of her. Mm. Hillary Clinton, 2009, receiving the Margaret Sanger Award. Lovely. Great. Seems like it seems like all, all the players are involved in this one. Yeah, baby, I love same, it. Same, same dirty people. Yeah. yeah. Same yeah. dark people. Wow, yeah. yeah. And Gross. so Megan turned me on to a Dr. Sacco, which is a cool little yes. thing to check out. Like, yep. you know, um, his story is interesting. He's talking about how he was educated that, you know, basically he was raised a, he was raised a Catholic, you know, right? ba- well, is that what I read? Or am, uh, I thinking know, about, am I thinking I of the wrong guy? I can't remember that. But anyway, like she he was talking about like, in, he was a doctor, right? And his, mm-hmm. in his education, he was taught that, uh, you know, prior to birth and up to a certain point, babies are just blobs of protoplasm, right? They're just blobs of protoplasm. Um, he was at the hospital one day and uh, he was uh, met another doctor who was in charge of disposing of aborted fetuses. And the doctor was like, come here, man, I got to show you. And he took him in this room and this doctor had, he was supposed to be disposing of these dead babies, but he couldn't bring himself to do it. So he just had these buckets. Full no, he, of, said, like, he said, I can't, he said, I, yeah. I didn't feel right to throw them away. Yeah, I didn't feel right. So he, so he had all these buckets and, and, and so Dr. Sacco was just like, what the hell? And took them and, and, and t- ended up taking these, these photographs and tried to like, he, wa- he wanted to show his aim was to humanize, humanize I think, be, exactly. you know, these, these, these little beings and to show that this is life and to show that these are people. And so he, he became um, very, very, well known for, um, he, he took a series of photos. So one in particular that he did mm-hmm. was the photo of a uh, uh, baby's uh, feet mm-hmm. between his two uh, fingers to show the size of a, of a 10 week old um, baby. Mm-hmm. And so that that ended up uh, going on. There's like, there's a commemorative pin now that's mm-hmm. at the actual size of a 10 week old um, infant. And and so anyways, it's uh, it's, it's powerful it's stuff. Powerful. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, you know, and the different states have different laws. Um, New York passed something called the, uh, the Reproductive Health Act, basically, which kind of changed the laws a little bit, and it made it took it from you know abortion being a criminal matter to a public health issue, and it reduced the discretion of who can decide. Basically, you can terminate up to birth, like up to the child's birth day, if it is determined that it is it is either endangering the the mother or if the fetus is not viable. And so what they did is they lowered the standard, the threshold for which who can make that determination. Before it was a doctor, and now it's pretty much anybody. Like anybody. So now a mom can walk in on the so, day of her delivery and say that this, I don't Or, or she, could get, she could get somebody she to get, say, hey, this, this baby's not right. viable. She can, yeah, I don't, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying she could go in and yeah. say, like, I don't want this baby. I don't feel like this baby's healthy. She could say anything and yeah. Yeah, have anybody else. Exactly. No gestational limits on abortion up to birth in Alaska, Colorado, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, Vermont, New York, of course, the District of Columbia, because they need lots of healthy babies. And? <laughs> and, of course, our beautiful state of Oregon. Oh. So, bottom line, folks, you know, eugenics, it's not, it has not gone away. It's gone underground. It's rebranded itself, mm-hmm. and it manifests today in Planned Parenthood and also... Um, I would say that a lot of it has shifted to the transhumanist movement. Yes. Um, so look into that a little bit, folks. Yeah. I really want to do like a full episode on transhumanism. Certainly. We kind of yeah. skimmed the surface uh, a yeah. few weeks ago, but man, oh man. So um, I guess we're, we're talking about where all of these roads lead, and now I want to talk about what actually happens to these babies. 
Okay. So we have a clip that we can play. Can we do okay. that? Yep. And uh, then after that, I want to delve into uh, this uh, COVID relief money that Planned Parenthood took. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. By introducing today's witnesses, the first witness is Dr. Anthony Levitino. Dr. Levitino is a board-certified obstetrician gynecologist. Over the course of his career, Dr. Levitino has practiced obstetrics and gynecology in both private and university settings, including as an associate professor of OBGYN at the Albany Medical College. And Dr. Levitino, we'll begin with you. Welcome. Thank you, Chairman and members of the committee. Um, I only have five minutes, so I'm going to get right to it. Second trimester D&E abortions perform between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. Your patient today is 17 years old. She's 22 weeks pregnant. Her baby is the length of your hand plus a couple of inches. And she's been feeling her baby kick for the last several weeks, but she's asleep on an operating room table. You walk into that operating room scrubbed and gowned, and after removing laminaria, you introduce a suction catheter into the uterus. This is a 14 French suction catheter. If she were 12 weeks pregnant or less, basically the width of your hand or smaller, you could basically do the entire procedure with this. But babies this big don't fit through catheters this size. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called a sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long. It's made of stainless steel. The business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. This is a grasping instrument, and when it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. A DNA procedure is a blind abortion, so picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big, which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, and pull out an arm about the same length, which you put down on the table next to you and use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. Head in the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times, sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester d abortion. You just affirmed her right to choose. One more question, Dr. Now, all right, there you there go. There you have it. So, just one procedure method for the second trimester. Um, I've, as I recall, the, that is the highest amount of abortions are done um, within the second trimester, so this is the most common um, method that they will use to, and so we're talking about uh, a living child that has its amniotic fluid sucked away, so it can't swim around anymore, it can't get away, and it's ripped apart while it's alive, it's dismembered while it's alive, um, has its skull crushed, and uh, and then um, it's sold away. Yeah, it's I, sold away. And I remember my friend telling me about this, too. She was describing how, like, it was, like, a lot of just, like, pulling, like, really hard pulling, and she said it was, like, the worst pain she ever felt. It was, like, this is not, like, <laughs> not what they painted out to be. It's not, like, this fairy tale yeah. little outcome <laughs> and by the time they're pulling your baby apart it's too late to change your mind yeah so anyway yeah so corruption heavy, covid heavy, corruption heavy, baby heavy. so it's let's heavy. talk about covid corruption so planned parenthood applied for and uh received, and received yeah. um about 80 million dollars 
um, from COVID relief funds. Those funds were intended for companies that had 500 or fewer employees, which uh, Planned Parenthood does not qualify for. Um, in fact, Planned Parenthood is on record as uh, saying that they knew they did not qualify uh, for these funds. And however, uh, went ahead and applied and received $80 million of COVID relief funds, which the government has asked back and which has not been given. Ah, that checks out. That checks out. And I think it's clear to say, I think it's important to say too, like, you know, not all the people that work there are evil eugenicists, sure. like like sure. racist people. You know what I mean? Like But one thing's for sure, dead babies weren't a weren't a, a, a full stop. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point too. I'm just saying, I'm just saying though too, like it's just that's the power of the brainwashing, man. I'm yep. still convinced that like you know, a lot of these people, a lot of these people that we see, you know, it's they're not even necessarily evil or bad. They've just been so brainwashed and so programmed. And I'm and my thinking sometimes too is like if the programming is that well orchestrated and that well crafted and these people literally do these things thinking that not only is it their own free will but think it's the right, it's thing. The right thing like it makes me question things am i being propagandized just as hard like when i do a, a duck duck go search am i getting a curated search results because of my echo chamber that i look at like if like an antifa sure. person were to go sure. do that same google sure. search are they going to get different results is that, is that heavily targeted like that's how much i think the evil agenda is being pushed sure. on us but then at the same time I think like, you know, and, and in my late teens, it was, it was it's so normal. Like I say, I was such a staunch, so I was such a pro choice girl. I just thought that that was such the way to go. And, and the truth is I had none of the information. I yeah. had none of the, I, what I had was what I was told to think. What I had yeah. was what I was told was best totally. for women. Totally. What was best for, my mom was such a strong advocate of, uh, you know, don't do anything to, to ruin your life. You know, that was, you know, drained into me. Like you don't have kids too young. There's always another option. you like, that was that. And I think that that happens a lot, that that's, normal i don't think my mother fully understood what in the hell she was talking about and i certainly didn't understand what it was i was supporting um and again that's just that that people around you say it and that's what you support and that's what you do and and you have to grow up a little bit and, and yeah. understand what it is that that you're talking about um and and really look at why you support what it is that you support and is this really the best option is this really the only option and and I would have to say that there is a better option than 61 million murdered children. And I'm 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 figuring this all out in my head, and I've I've learned a lot mm -hmm. delving into this and looking at it. And man, just that video, just man, that just makes me so sad. And as as a father today of two beautiful children, I mean, I, it just it yeah, anything involving kids just you know, I mean, it touches me. Right, life it is precious. Me. Absolutely, it touches me, man. And um, and you know, I just. Man, I, I can also look back. I, I was a drug addict. I, I am a drug addict. I spent many years. But you're just, clean. You've been clean for a long time. Yes. yes. But, but yes, we, for we, sure. We, we, for we, sure. I mean, I'll, I qualify that. I mean, yeah. you guys know, so yeah. I'll qualify. Yeah. I've, uh, In the recovery community, decade, we say once an addict, always an addict. Decade uh, plus clean here. But, you know, I mean, we're not here to. That's not what this is about. What yeah. this is about is, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of time being very selfish, right? And, and, um, and, I'm glad I did not have a child in that part of my life, right. you know? So mm -hmm. there's, so there's, it is, it's hard to, to separate these things because there's a time in my life where I knew people that were having abortions, but they were also living how I was living. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but that, but that was, I don't know, you know, I'm reconciling all this stuff in my head as I go, but, um, certainly like, as I said before, they're not mutually exclusive that this organization has an evil dark path that they have followed and is it's eugenics and they've targeted black people yeah. like that's you can't you can't deny that like they're, that's they're the happy truth. with they're happy with 
any dead babies, but <laughs> no. but they would prefer that they be of they prefer yeah I, I mean am I right? But they would prefer to wipe Ooh. out yeah the un, their their version of what is unfit, who is sure. unfit, yeah. and, and yeah. Who, and this who all comes to down to the, the, the they see themselves as above us. Mm-hmm. They see that they see us as a lower form of civilization mm-hmm. that, that doesn't deserve to live. Yep. Really, and that's why these things are applied to us. They need mm-hmm. us to live only to serve them, yeah. only yes. to keep the yes. society running in such a way that it serves them and only that many people, and yeah, only sure. the people that are going to do that in the best way possible. To the, to the maximum amount of control they can exercise. And that's part of what really concerns me is like, maybe they don't need us anymore. That's why we're seeing this quickening of all these agendas and, and sure. the, the end times. It's because maybe they like AI, they figure out AI and they're keeping it in a black box until, and like, that's the thing is like, they've made it very clear that we are all non-essential. They yeah. don't really, maybe Certainly. they don't need us anymore. And that's kind of what's scaring me a little bit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn guys. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> Well, everybody, this is uh, really intense. A, a lot of stuff to take in. Um, please do it. check into yeah. these show notes. We're going to put way more show notes. We're going to uh, we're going to add some stuff in there. Just just click on these links and and check for yourselves because I, I really do feel like I, I will use my life as the example. I did not know these things, and and yeah. and you can be uncomfortable or not uncomfortable. You can still stand by whatever it is that you stand by. But I but I feel like, and we all say this that, that the, the heart of everything is the knowledge. Please be aware of what what it is that's going on around you. This isn't just a birth control women's choice issue. And in fact, that is the mask of what the actual issue is. So why um, do you believe what you believe? Where did it come from? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'm sitting here as someone who was thinking something a little different, but I'm questioning it because that's what we do here. Yes. And and be willing to question your core beliefs that whatever you think they are, because they might have been put there by someone else. They might not be really what you think. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right, so just a final reminder tonight, uh, especially if you are uh, Lane County, I want to shout that out to our Lane County people again, Lane County 2020 Fire Relief on Facebook. Please see what you can do to help out down here. There is a lot of need. Um, And uh, we want to say... Good evening to Dean Reiner. Thank you for uh, being yeah. such a good sport with us, man. We had such a good time yeah. hanging out with you. We Thank love you, you Dean. Yeah, for uh, yeah. all of uh, and Adam, everyone. Adam up at Deborah. Yeah. Deborah gets red pilled. Shout Deborah. out, shout out to Deborah, dude. Deborah's so cool. Deborah yep. rules. Deborah's so cool, man. Yep. Oh man. So and a sh- shout out to my friend Alan. Also, yeah. uh, he is, uh, yeah, a, a great support. So, um, anyways, I am Megan sitting here with Scott and Ed. We wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night. Bam. 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 Bam